Well, hey there, guys. Greetings and salutations. Welcome back to the channel for this installment of Open Mic, the show where the mic is open, the floor is, as they say, yours. What it is you guys want to talk about is what we're here to talk about. Whatever topics, discussion you guys want to discuss, that's what we're here to do. I'm, of course, your host, John Campia. It's awesome to have you guys here. I'm joined by Ray Ora. Godzilla, baby. <laughs> Got Jonathan Voiko over Just there. Godzilla on the mind. Hey, guys. <laughs> and uh, yeah, there's two different ways. If you've got a topic or question you'd like us to address, there's two different ways you can get that topic or question addressed. First, if you're not watching live, you can send in a question anytime, 24-7. You don't have to wait for the show to be live by simply using our tip link at www.streamelements.com slash John slash tip. Or if you are watching live, you can simply use the super chat feature. Both ways will get your question on the show if it's appropriate to be used on our show. And both ways also go a long way in supporting our channel and what we do. So thank you to everybody who supports us in that way. Um, we got a number of things to talk about here. Uh, a lot of stuff going on, some things you guys want to discuss and talk about. But before we get going, I, I, I wanted to touch on this because I read something that was really interesting in my news feeds the other day. And, you know, this this isn't the John Campus Show podcast where we're covering the movie industry topics. This is open mic. This is more of an open, casual conversation thing. And I, I thought this was really interesting. There is a UFC fighter by the name of Paige Van Zandt. Now, you might recognize, I don't know if you got a picture of, of her over there somewhere, Jonathan, but you might you might recognize the name and you probably would recognize her because not only was she in the UFC, but she also did some stuff outside of the USC that had some pretty good success. Like, I believe she was on one season of Dancing with the Stars. And I believe she was the runner-up. Oh, wow. I think she was the runner-up on Dancing with the Stars. She was on that Food Network show, Chopped, where I think she got a win <laughs> on, on the Food Network show, Chopped. So she was, and you know what? She was a pretty good fighter. Now, her UFC record, the record itself looks yeah, a little bit better than average. She was five and four in the UFC, but three of those four losses were no shame in those losses. She lost to Rose, the former two-time champion Rose Nemunas, but back when Thug was on a total roll. So two-time champion she lost to, no big deal. She also lost in a really great fight with Michelle Waterson, the karate hottie, one of the best female fighters to not hold a title. And Amanda Rebus, who was no slouch at all. So three of her four losses were like totally good, legit losses, like no shame in those losses. Five and four, never a champion. She was never really a champion level fighter, but a very good, very entertaining fighter to watch, right? She went on to do bare, bare knuckle uh, fighting and stuff like that as well. But here's the thing. And this is kind of rolls into this conversation that I've been having with some friends behind the scenes about the mainstreamization. See, like that word I made up? The mainstreamization of adult entertainment. We'll get to that more in a second. But but here's the main thing. So Paige Van Sant just kind of caused a bit of a stir. She's also in AEW. Right. Uh, she she did a she did a stint in AEW mm -hmm. for a bit. And she recently made these comments about the fact that she opened an OnlyFans a little while ago, right? As it seems like we're always hearing about OnlyFans. And this is what she said in this article. Let's bring up my thing here. So she was talking about it, and she said a couple of interesting things here. She said this. I've been really fortunate that in my career, even outside of the UFC and outside of fighting, has been pretty successful, Van Sant said. I've worked pretty hard in other industries and in trying to cross over to, I, I guess, more of a mainstream personality. But yes, OnlyFans has definitely been my largest source of income. I would say, get this, combined in my fighting career, I think I made more money in 24 hours on OnlyFans than I had in my entire fighting career combined. Wow. And so that's why it's hard as a person, you know. I, I was nervous about the stigma, but now it's hard to walk away. I feel like when you're one of those people who were born poor, you grew up poor, and then you become rich, it's almost like you're you're always, you always just feel poor. Anyway, so here's this recognizable face in the UFC, a recognizable name, a good fighter in her day. Paige Van Sant comes out in one of the most popular sports in the world and then says, I made more money in 24 hours on OnlyFans 
than I did in my entire fighting career combined. Now, that is kind of staggering for a couple of reasons. Because it's not just Paige Van Sant. We are seeing more and more mainstream personalities who have been going to OnlyFans as well, right? It's not just Paige Van Sant. Like even Denise Richards, Bond girl, star of a James Bond movie and um, uh, Starship Troopers and Wild Things and, and whatever. She got OnlyFans. Cardi B, Carmen Electra. There's a whole bunch of like what you consider mainstream uh, Bella Thorne. You know, she was famous before she went to OnlyFans. Like we've seen more and more of these mainstream celebrities, including Hollywood actresses, opening up OnlyFans. And I'm I'm just wondering, in a world right now where we just saw a comedy this summer with Jennifer Lawrence doing full nudity, whether that was CGI or not. By the way, I don't know the I, maybe it was just her doing full nudity, maybe they CGI'd it where we just saw one of the biggest films of the year, Oppenheimer, where Florence Pugh is, you know, riding the mechanical bull, like, like pretty explicit <laughs> stuff. It, and, and in an era when not long ago, study was done that said 70% of men, it was like 69.7% of men, at least 69.7% of men admitted that they have watched porn in the last two months. And 40% of American women in the survey said they had watched porn in the last few months. No irony to that uh, statistic on the males, right? 69.7, Jonathan. Yeah. 0.7. It makes all the difference in the world. Right. So roughly 70%. What about in the last two hours? <laughs> that, that only goes down to 65%. <laughs> so, but... I'm busy, John. <laughs> So in this world, Jonathan's not paying attention. He didn't see what you're doing. So in this world where this stuff is getting, you know, more and more mainstream. And one of the interesting things that Paige Van Sant said in that interview is like, yeah, I was worried about the stigma. But my question is, is the stigma even there anymore? Like, and I'm, I'm not asking that as a rhetorical question. I, I mean that honestly. I'm asking the question because, you know, 10 years ago, if you were to take like a an actress and they did something like adult entertainment, that would become a stigma, like a weight around their neck that would just drag their career down. They'd be gone. But does that stigma exist anymore? Like Bella Thorne, her name just got bigger. And so I, I don't know. Right. The way I think about it is like, it would have been, why is it for me, my thinking, let's say if Denise Richards did an OnlyFans, let's say 15 years ago or 10 years ago, I don't know how, <laughs> You know, like later earlier in her career, it would be more shocking to me. But then now, like that, if like she did it recently, then it would be like, oh, you know what I mean? Why did? But, why is it like that? But like current. <laughs> but like I, I think it's because the eras are the time has changed, right? Because like Cardi B is a current big star, and I didn't even know she had. <laughs> nobody blinks an eye. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Well, whatever. Okay. And what's crazy? We haven't even talked about the amount of money that they're making. That's what I'm saying. It's like an option now. It's, I mean, it's crazy. I don't, I, I, you can't hate them. You know, if they want to make money, if that's the way they want to make money, everyone has the right to make their money as long as they're not hurting anybody. Yeah. Or I, doing listen, anything illegal. I'll tell you what else. I am a shy guy. I, I, I don't, I mean, some people know this about me. I'm an extremely socially awkward. I'm very socially introvert. I'm actually a very, very shy guy. Uh, but like, I'm a super shy guy, but I'm not convinced, Ray. If somebody offered me a $1 million check that I wouldn't pull out Montague Van Lefty testicle okay, and flop boy. it up on the table, if it was going to get me a million dollars in one hour, I'm not sure I would. Oh, my God. <laughs> no one wants to see your <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. You know I, what? If, I'm not if, sure that I wouldn't. Who, who, if someone said, okay, all you have to do is do this, whatever. But knowing, if you're all knowing that as soon as something goes on the internet, there's no way to delete it. Knowing that, and if you are still okay with that, and you can make money, it's not like I'm going to judge you. It's not like I wouldn't be your friend or something if I knew one of my friends were doing it. But it's, it's more matter. than just that, right? I mean, I think it's the whole attitude, I think society-wide has changed. You know what? Because society is experiencing expensive things are expensive now too i'm gonna to look at it in a in a in a way of just living out here is expensive right so it's like 
People need to make money. People want to make money. It's just, it's, I don't think it's looked down upon as much as it would have been. No, it's clearly not. Like yeah, it's, yeah. it's clearly not looked down upon the way it was. That, like that stigma doesn't. And I just wonder if we will see that become more and more a part of our mainstream stage. Like, again, if you had asked me a year ago, do I think I'll see Florence Pugh doing the type of scene that she did in Oppenheimer? And by the way, I have no problem with the scene that she did. I thought it it artistically fit with the scene. It, would, it made a visceral moment all the more impactful. I'm all for that. But I never would have guessed a year ago that, a, that an actress like Florence Pugh would do scenes like that. And nobody's really batted an eye. Like, nobody... Nobody cares. Like, yeah, okay, that's cool. And I just wonder if that's become more and more part of the mainstream thing. And I wonder if that might even become more present in the movies we go to see. I mean, obviously, the inebriated are. I need to keep kids out of those and everything. But, I mean, I just wonder if that might become a little more of an open door. It's so funny because, like, I often hear things like comments like, oh, yeah, if it doesn't work out, oh, maybe they could do OnlyFans or something like that. You know, just joshing in between, like, a friends or whatever watching Yeah, guess what? You don't have to wait to see if it doesn't work out anymore. That could become your number one option. Yeah, yeah. It's like a- Forget your backup plan. It's like a joke now, but if it really happens, no one's really surprised. It's kind of like, it's just another opportunity for people to make money. But the only thing I could say is, if you're having a membership, just don't go poor off of these things. You know what I mean? For the people actually paying for these things, don't go poor into this. Like they yeah. they they spend more on beer at the bar than they do on that. <laughs> but I, I and like I, I, I again I was just stunned when I see somebody who is a well-known fighter again not a champion but a well-known fighter who fought nine professional UFC fights over the span of years come out and say I made more in one day. Then I, I mean that to me that's that's just crazy. I can't even. I won't even pay for Netflix, so I'm never gonna pay. <laughs> I'm never gonna pay. I don't care whose boobies you belong to. I don't care. I'm not looking at it for any money. <laughs> I'm cheap, man. With especially with subscriptions or whatever. Yeah, let's not. Just put I, on a trench and coat and he's good. Cardi B said she was making like ten million a month. Well, she's got a follow. I, follow I mean, it's uh, it's yeah. it's just it's just. Not, I just again, I just think. And, you know, some people in the live chat say, well, that's more about how little UFC pays. No, I don't really think it's about how little UFC pays. I think it's about when you can make like I was when I was doing some reading on this about some of the other celebrities and they're talking about they made well over a million dollars. There was this one celebrity who wrote they made over a million dollars in their first six hours. They made over a million dollars in their first six hours. That has nothing to do with how little somebody else pays. That's about making a stupid amount of money. I'm going to in like one day. I'm going to turn this question on you like. Let's say a uh, let's say an actress, famous actress, yes. actor, whatever. Okay, so do you think that will limit the roles that they get? Will it have a negative impact on an actor or actress? Five years ago, yes. Today, I don't think it does anymore. Like I, I really think there has been that much of a shift. That let's say who's. Uh, uh, let's say somebody whose entire image is not based on their purity. Okay. So who's a good, I, I don't Anna, Let's take Anna Kendrick, okay. who I love. I love Anna Kendrick, right? I think she's fabulous. She's tremendously talented, super funny. Awesome. Let's say Anna Kendrick opened an OnlyFans, right? First of all, the amount of money she'd be making is ungodly. It would be crazy. But do I think that today that would prevent any studio like maybe not put her in the next Disney, in the next Disney family film. Disney wouldn't. Okay, maybe not the next Disney film. Maybe no. What was the one she did where she played uh, Santa Claus's daughter? Oh God, that, that was, was her OnlyFans. Yeah, yeah, no, that was her. That was her OnlyFans. Like she may not be able to do that sequel, but other than like family films, I, I don't, I, I don't even on... think it would stop her from doing uh, the acapella. Yeah. movie she did pitch perfect i pitch don't even perfect. think it would stop her from being from being offered pitch perfect it depends four. on how graphic these yeah. their pages are too because there's well, sure, also sure, like sure. Yeah, the yeah. tasteful nudes where they're yeah. posed yeah and then and then it's just like then are you going donkeys. full on like there's donkeys and then donkey going full on, you know? so that just depends <laughs> that's what i would do i would do the tasteful ones just so you know yeah well now it might surprise you to know um just kind of like you're looking back and from a mirror and you're yeah, holding a rose mirror with a little you know. butt crack showing yeah <laughs> now like i said a it might thing. stun you <laughs> might stun you to find out that nobody's actually offered me a million dollars to take out montague lefty hmm. no um, no one's asked me to show my 
crap stains. On well, it. they like they like your your. Okay. Well, anyway. But but, but what you bring up, Ray, <laughs> ruin your whole life. But what you bring up, Ray, is actually the basis of, of is really the basis of the thing. Is like years ago, if an actress were to do something like that, it might completely impede their ability to get work in the mainstream anymore. But today, I don't know that that's true anymore. But I at, just wonder. At the same time, I feel the more earlier you are in your career, the less likely they are to do it rather than the back end of the career where I think they're just pulling in the money that they can before it's all, all over. You know what I mean? Maybe that's I, I what Denise Richards angle I think was. five, ten years ago that might be true. I don't know if that's true anymore. You look at a lot of young actresses, a lot of young stars, even some young rappers now doing stuff like that. I, I Again, I just find it to be a really interesting thing that's happening, and I wonder how that's all going to evolve. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sure you guys... Have some thoughts on that. But with that down, let's do what we're actually here to do, which is to take your topics, your things that you want to discuss. So let's get on over and start taking those now. Jonathan, what do we got? <laughs> Kickstand Ray. Why did you guys have to read? put that right when I'm about to read? All right. <laughs> Kickstand Luke, Ray. one, two, three, four. <laughs> That's giving me too much Prime Video just added a lot of DCEU movies to their library for streaming. Isn't part of the appeal of having a streaming service to keep your content, oh, I don't know, exclusive? The more something is widely available, the less special it becomes, but they're getting paid. I, I, I don't even know that's true. Unless, but would, I don't even know that that's true or what con or which content you're talking about. If it's some of their little crap, and I'm sorry, all the DC animated stuff is crappy. Uh, with, there are a couple of exceptions that I really, really like, but for the most part, 90% of DC animation stuff is crappy. Unless you think I'm talking about DC v. Marvel. I think 100% of Marvel's animation stuff is crappy. But... That all side, I, I honestly don't know which content you're talking about, but here's the thing. The, the goal of your content is to generate revenue. And if you think there's a business case to be made to license out content you own to another provider, because that's going to generate more revenue for you than just keeping it on yours, then why not? You're going to have to make a good case for me. Why not? Because... Number one, it probably means that not a ton of people are watching that on your streaming service. You know what it makes me laugh? And, and I'm sorry if this sounds like it's, it's talking to any one of you guys watching, but what makes me laugh <laughs> is when like we get news that one of these streaming services pulled off some obscure show that nobody watched. And then people acting like they're all upset about it. Oh my goodness, they pulled up. When's the last time you watched that show? Four years ago, five years ago. Do you know anybody else watching it? No. Then why would they want to keep it on and keep paying licensing fees on something that nobody's watching? But that's why I said, like a little while ago, uh, who was it? Somebody licensed out one of their shows to Netflix. Uh, and I'm trying to remember which show it was. Um, and there was a lot of people saying, well, that's dumb, that's dumb, that's dumb. And I said, are you kidding? I think this is brilliant because nobody has talked about that show since it ended its run two years ago. And now everybody's talking about it. They're generating revenue for being for, for licensing revenue. And then when that term expires in two years, it just comes back to them anyway. I don't see any problem with it, depending on the context. Every context and every situation is going to be different and unique. But yeah, if you're going to make more money off it, licensing it out for a period of time and then bringing it back, go for it. Why not? It's all about making money, man. All right, what's next? All right, we got Josh Becker. Saw both Equalizer 3 and Bottoms, and Equalizer was just fine, but the fight scenes seemed to get worse on each one. Mm. Uh, Bottoms, though, is the funniest film of the year, and it's now in my top 10 of the year. Wow. Only 92 minutes long. It's simply fantastic. Yeah, Rob was talking to me about that movie. He said it was really good. He said it's, it's, you know, it's not as good as Joyride, but uh, he said, I've heard it's really good, and I completely ignored that movie. I really did. I completely ignored it, but I've had a few people, including Rob, telling me that it's really, really, really funny, and I've got to get myself out to see it. Because listen, I've been bemoaning the fact that people aren't supporting good original comedy, and there's good comedy out there. There have been some really good comedies this year, and nobody's supporting any of it. So, um, And I'm guilty of that with Bottoms. I haven't checked it out yet, but I'm very, very interested in it. So thanks for the recommendation, man. All right, what's next? Uh, Taylor Swanson writes, regarding Tay-Tay's era's tour theatrical release, Swifties, just give us all the tickets you have. Yeah. Wait, wait, <laughs> I worry you uh, just heard us give us a lot of tickets. What we said was give us all the tickets you have. Do you understand? That It's always good to get a Ron Swanson quote. <laughs> wait, I'm afraid what you heard me say was give me a lot of bacon and eggs. <laughs> what I said was give me all the bacon and eggs you have. I, I mean... 
we talked about a little bit, me and Rob talked about on the John Campus show podcast earlier today, it, the selling out the per theater averages, the fact that all three movies that were supposed to be opening that weekend have now bailed. They've all jump shipped and moved all their release dates away from the Taylor Swift release. Uh, it, it, again, it's like nothing we've ever seen before. And it's going to be really interesting to see what level of success it has. I mean, it's already a success, but how much success will it have? And then it'll be also really interesting to see if that has any impact on other things. But again, the big problem is there's only one Taylor Swift. I mean, you could maybe try it with Beyonce. You could maybe try it with Bad Bunny. But I, I don't, I, I, I don't know what you could do with Ed Sheeran. I don't know if there's anybody BTS, else. baby. Well, they're, they're not even a band anymore. Oh. Well, and they did try doing a little thing and oh, went yeah, to streaming or something oh, like bad. that, right? So I, I, I just don't know that there's any other Taylor Swifts out there that you can try to replicate this with. Mm. Just not sure. All right, what's next? Okay, we got Luke1234. Taylor Swift gave, a, gave her truck driver's 100K bonus. With that level of generosity, do you think she gave the movie theaters a high cut of the revenue for showing her concert movie eras? No, why should she? Yeah, and why she would she? I mean, these truck drivers, she's asking them to go above and beyond and dedicate a lot of their time, and she just wanted to show appreciation. And it wasn't just her truck drivers. I think it was a lot of her crew. But the final number that came out, I might not be remembering this number pr properly, but I think it was Variety that ended up putting up what the total dollar amount was that she paid, not as salaries to her crew, but in bonuses, like on top of their salaries. It came out to be like 20 or $30 million or something like that. She just decided to pay out in bonuses to her crew. It's totaling more than $55 million. $55 million? To each person working on her. It, to to it, to it totaled up to $55 million. $55 million to each person working on her show, according to People Magazine. I mean, that's, that, and that's in bonuses. Yeah, and she doesn't have to On do top that. of what she paid them as a salary. It's crazy. But no, why would she do that with just with business partners? That's completely different. AMC is getting a, a fair chunk, a, a fair percentage and stuff like that. And they're going to make a lot of money in their movie theater selling popcorn and Taylor Swift buckets and all this kind of nonsense. So she, she doesn't have to worry about that. All right, what's next? Okay, just remember, as Jose writes, the only thing keeping Spectrum viable is that they have the local TV rights to the Lakers and Dodgers. When those run out, uh, they're done. Of course, it's still another 10 years or so until that happens. Man, I'll tell you what. When we were talking about last week, the fact that ESPN, a, a bunch of Disney channels, ESPN, FX, ABC, they all disappeared off of Charter Spectrum Cable, mm -hmm. which is the second largest cable provider in America. And I said at the time that I expect this to get settled pretty quick because they had the same dispute with Dish TV. It got settled within days. They had the same dispute with, a, with a YouTube TV. It got settled within days. So I thought probably about a week and this thing will get settled. But then I read a comment from the leadership at Spectrum Charter who basically said, we need to get the deal we want from Disney or we're just getting out of the video business. Wow. That was their exact words. And I think that is the first time a major cable carrier has acknowledged that, hey, the world has changed. Yep. People aren't, people are leaving cable in droves. And if we can't fundamentally change the paradigm and get the deal we want to have the Disney networks on, we're just going to shut down. We're just going to go to full-time being an internet service provider. Yeah. We're going to shut down our video business. And it's like, holy crap, we're talking about the second biggest cable provider in America talking about shutting down their cable business. Well, it's just, crazy. Well, just like the landline, because when, when they had telephone deals with their cable, with their cable. Yep. I mean, their backbone is really just their internet. And those were just side hustles, I think. You know Dude, I, mean? I still, because my home service uh, internet provider is Spectrum right? Spectrum Charter. I still at least every two months get a call or an email from Spectrum Charter saying, you know, we can bundle in home phone for you for real good deals. Like I haven't had a home phone but, in over a decade. Why would I start getting one now? They call you for that, right? But they never call you when you go on their internet. Like we, this happened twice already with uh, our internet service, just because I'm like, I wonder if they offer faster service. You go on their website. Oh, you notice the internet you're paying for 
it's a lot cheaper for new customers. So you have to call them and be like, hey, you guys are offering what we're paying right now this much and you guys are giving it to and then they'll be like oh sorry we'll switch you back we'll we'll, we'll uh correct your bill and charge you you know they never call for that holding on <laughs> they're dead they're on their last gasping yeah. breaths of life and i just didn't know how uh how bad it was becoming for them anyway hey guys listen we still got a bunch more to get to but before we do we're going to just take a quick moment here and thank a couple of sponsors of today's episode of open mic our friends at hello fresh and DraftKings. Guys, we want to thank a sponsor of this video, HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Kickstart a fresh fall routine with HelloFresh. HelloFresh handles all the meal planning and shopping to deliver everything you need to cook up a tasty meal right at home. They do the hard part and you get to take the credit. HelloFresh takes the stress out of mealtime by delivering fresh ingredients and easy recipes right to your door. So this fall, skip that extra trip to the grocery store and have dinner ready in no time with America's number one meal kit. Like we've mentioned before, Ann and I are both working professionals and mealtime is sometimes a bit stressful. That's why we absolutely love HelloFresh. It's nutritious, it's delicious, and we actually have a really good time making dinner together. So guys, go to HelloFresh.com slash 50 Campia and use the code 50 Campia for 50% off plus 15% off the next two months. That's HelloFresh.com slash 50Campia and use the code 50Campia. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Guys, we want to take a second to thank a sponsor of today's video, DraftKings. Can you believe we've had seven months without an NFL game? Crazy, right? Well, good thing that's over. NFL is here and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving you a can't-miss offer for week one. This week, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you just bet five bucks on any NFL game. DraftKings is hooking everyone up with game day greatness. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every single game day this September. Check the app to see what you get. So download now and use the code CAMPIA to sign up. New customers can take home $200 in bonus bets instantly just for betting five bucks. That's code CAMPIA only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See dkng.co slash football for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. And thank you to our friends at HelloFresh and DraftKings. NFL is back this week uh, for sponsoring this episode of the John Campia Show. Open mic. All right. That down, let's keep on going here. Jonathan, what we got up next? Uh, anonymous writes, just a just to touch on episode three of Ahsoka, what if the reason why the High Re Republic Council didn't let Hera investigate the stolen cargo ship Imperial Mutiny is because one or more members of the council are not only aware of the fact that Thrawn is still... Uh, alive, but are also in Thrawn's pockets as well. That would make a lot more sense as to why they didn't let her investigate her leads on either the stolen cargo ship or the Imperial Mutiny on Corellia. Irrelevant. Chancellor Mamothma could have just said, go go check it out. I mean, there's like 5,000 senators. You can get them. It doesn't matter if two or three are in their pocket. I mean, it's, it's, it's an easy thing to work around. Guys, got to stop making excuses for bad writing. I, I'm kind of enjoying the Ahsoka show, I am, but there are certain things in that show that are just pure bad writing, and you don't need to make excuses for it. That was just horrible, horrible, horrible writing in those instances. Again, I just did a video the other day about my five favorite things about the Ahsoka show, and there's some really, really good stuff in there, and I'm looking forward to tomorrow seeing the next episode, but no, they they needed to come up with other plot devices for that, because that was just bad, man. That was just bad. All right, what's next? I'm just Ken writes, have you heard of or seen Here Lies Love? It's a Broadway musical about the Marcos regime with music by the Talking Heads David Byrne and Fatboy Slim. Uh, I, got a, a, I got to dance with the cast creative on opening night and I thought you, Ann, and Ray would love to see it. Mm. I don't know so much with Ray, but you got you and Ann like musicals. So. I, I, I've never heard of it. By the way, just so everybody knows, so a lot of people write into me, Ann's name does not have an E on it. <laughs> it's just A-N-N. -N. That's, that's Ann's name. Uh, no, never heard of it. Uh, never actually heard of it, but 
Yeah, that's it. All right, what's next? <laughs> uh, Garden Variety writes, uh, John, The Highlander has always been my number one favorite movie. Nice. My number two is Some Kind of Wonderful. Oh, Some Kind of Wonderful is great. Yeah, again, it, the, the original Highlander was Sean Connery, Clancy Brown, uh, Christopher Lambert, is it's the one film in my top 10 list that even if you don't have a film in my top 10 list on your top 10 list, like if I list them off to you, you'd go, oh yeah, that one's great. Oh yeah, that one's great. It's always when I get to the Highlander that people go, wait, wait, which movie? The Highlander? Really? Like that's the one that, but it's, it's true. It's one of my favorite movies ever of all time. The sequel is one of the top three worst films ever made in the history of film, but that first one will always be one of my favorites. There can be only one. All right, what's next? Whiskey Chaser writes, Hey, John, have you seen the reviews uh, for the bike riders? They look very positive and could be part of the Oscar discussion. As soon as I saw the actors in the movie months ago, I had a feeling it could be a great film. Well, I mean, we've seen lots of movies with great casts that turn out to be garbage. But, yes, I did read the early reactions for the bike riders. And it's uh, one of the things says it's uh, the godfather on motorcycles. Which is sounds great to me. I mean, I was a big fan of Sons of Anarchy. Um, so anything that's even remotely like that, but the reviews have been very, very, very good. Side note, that movie that I think just looks strange and I don't have a lot of interest in with Emma Stone called, was it called uh, Poor Deer or Poor oh. Thing? Poor oh, Things no. oh, or right, poor, right. poor Deer or something. That's some, uh, weird, weird. Yeah, it's like a Frankenstein kind right. of movie, right? Where they reanimate this, this dead girl or something like that. Looks really weird. Didn't Don't have a lot of interest in it. The first reactions for that are coming out now. Poor things. Yeah. Poor things. The first reactions for that are coming out now. And they're like, there's a number of high profile outlets that are saying Emma could get her next Oscar oh, wow. for this. And they're saying Mark Ruffalo could be in the running for an Oscar as well. It's like, really? Because it looks like crap. But hey, listen, we've all seen terrible trailers to great movies and great trailers to terrible movies. So uh, those are two that we're going to have to keep our eyes on. Bike riders and poor things. All right, what's next? Uh, Arun writes, uh, Hey, John, watch Dead Reckoning, and my theater was full during the National Cinema Day in the UK. The day nearly brought in $6.5 million at the box office, which is a 6% increase from last year. Nice. Um, nationwide survey said three out of four of audiences will return soon to cinemas. See, so that's th good, too. That's why we keep talking about how it's important to get audience. See, success breeds success. That's true in a lot of things in life, but... When you can, that's why it's so important when a movie like Top Gun Maverick comes out and becomes the film that got a lot of people in the older demographics who hadn't been back to the movie theaters since the pandemic. It was so important for them to get those people back because now they're back in theaters. They have a good time. When people go to the movies and have a good time, they are more likely to come back to the theaters again soon. And that's why events like that are really good and, and why even something like this Taylor Swift thing could be good for the movie industry as a whole, right? Because you could get in a lot of people who may not normally be moviegoers, movie theater goers, but they go out with their friends, they have some drinks, they have a really good time out at the movie theaters, and maybe they start coming back for a couple of other movies that interest them. It, it really is a situation, and particularly an industry, where success can breed other success. So stuff like that is really important. I'm glad you pointed that out. All right, what's next? JM, none other, writes, someone on X, uh, My Time to Shine, posted before the She-Hulk season two scoop uh, that said Tom Holland and Chris Pratt are cast as leads for Jack and Jack and Daxter live action Naughty Dog video game movie. Uh, I want that game to get tre uh, treatments, but I don't trust the scooper. Uh, I never heard I, of Jack I, and Daxter. Right now, I wouldn't believe any casting news. Uh, because again, no casting can happen right, right now. There's no, there's no, there's nothing be, being developed right now. Like the story about She-Hulk two was just not a big surprise. They had planned to do a She-Hulk season two. Maybe that information didn't get public, but now it is. I, I would be very, and again, I don't know who you're talking about. So I'm certainly not casting shade on anybody out there. Cause I don't even know who you're talking about, but I would just say right now I would take any casting kind of news with a grain of salt right now, almost regardless of who the scooper is. But uh, but yeah, just something to keep in mind. All right, what's next? Uh, Michael Kurtz with a two-parter writes, uh, Hey, John, just watched Bottoms and discovered again why movies are experiential events. I'm 20 and have multiple lesbian best friends, so I found it wildly funny and full of heart. 
My dad would not get this, but that doesn't take away from my experience. I just relocated to Albuquerque from Minnesota. To that's study a big, film. that's a big temporal change. Yeah. Uh, especially in the winter, uh, at, uh, university of New Mexico. And you were a big reason why I love movies. Thanks for everything. And you should go see this movie. Uh, I am absolutely planning on it now. Like Anne and I, we were just out at Universal Studios Hollywood yesterday and we there was a big poster of Bottoms. Um, so I guess Universal has something to do with it, I guess. Um, and so, you know what? I've been hearing really good things about that. I've been ignoring it forever, but I'm actually hearing great things about it. We need to get out and check it out. And you know what's funny? When you have something that's really good comedy, it can transcend whatever your life experience was, right? Because I don't know if you knew this. I did not grow up in an Asian family. That's true. I didn't. Mm -hmm. But I went to go see Crazy Rich Asians, and I had a ball. I, I there's, a, there's a lot of different things. I did not grow up in this, yet I can go see that movie. And I had a ball. I mean, so I, I don't think our ability or our potential for having a great experience in a movie necessarily needs to be reflective of whatever our backgrounds are. I mean, a great movie is a great movie. A good story is a good story. Good humor is good humor. And even if it's about, you know, <laughs> again, I haven't seen Bottoms. I don't even know what the premise of the movie is. I take it there must be some lesbians in it. Oh, well, it's 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 two uh, um, girls in high school, and they start a fight club. And it has something to do with having sex before graduation. So, like, they start, like, some sort of fight club. It's, like, some sort of... I was just reading it. The description said something like that. <laughs> okay, which doesn't sound terribly unlike that John Cena comedy, Blockers. Remember that? They had a couple of high school friends that vowed they, they were going to not be virgins anymore before. So, whatever. I mean, look, if it's funny, it's funny. I'm looking forward to checking it out. All right, what's next? Okay, moving on to Supers. We've got... Um... Let me see, is it? Okay, so Connor Dorian writes, uh, live action One Piece series is already breaking Netflix records, beating Stranger Things and Wednesday in 84 countries. Well, they needed another win. Uh, yeah, they needed something there. Again, I I have no interest in watching it, but I, the, the news keeps rolling in that it's done very, very, very well. I mean, a lot of people have written in to say it's like the number one anime show and has been, which is really funny because until Netflix announced this thing, I never even heard of One Piece. But it's garnering a lot of success, and I think it's making... And here's the important thing. Uh, the people who like One Piece seem to be saying that the Netflix show is actually quite good, unlike the experience they had with doing Cowboy Bebop, where a lot of people who were Cowboy Bebop fans were not really thrilled with what ended up on Netflix, but they're saying they like this one. I wonder if this brings any more hope for people's anticipation for the live-action version of uh, uh, Avatar, The Last Airbender. So we'll see. All right, what's next? We got Hayden Center, who writes, John, huge fan. I'm going to CinemaCon this year, and I'm super excited. I hope uh, I get to meet y'all when I go in April. Thanks. Bring on the filthy. CinemaCon is just a, such a great, great, great experience. I would also suggest if you are somebody who really does want to try going to CinemaCon, number one, it's expensive to go. But if you do, if you've been thinking about it, this might be the last year you get to do it. Because as of right now, even though the, that CinemaCon is meant for industry professionals, for people who work with movie theater chains, work at the movie studios, or are in media, right? The reality is anybody can go and buy a ticket to go. It's going to cost you almost $1,500, but almost anybody, and then that's not to mention you know, getting to Vegas, hotels in Vegas, which are not cheap during CinemaCon, uh, whatever. But I mean, so you're looking probably about 2,500 bucks. Okay. But if you've got 2,500 bucks to spend and you want to go, you can go. But from what I'm hearing, they're going to start cracking down on that and really make it only for industry people. Like, again, like I said, right now, and maybe at this next one, just about anybody can go, but it's, it's important to understand this. It's not really a fan event. So if you can go this year, this is the year to go because you might not get another chance to go after this. All right. What's next? Jasmine Jones writes, uh, you know, the top three concert movies is Justin Bieber, Never Say Never, Hannah Montana, Best of Both Worlds, and Michael Jackson. This is uh, this is it. Looks like Taylor Swift can beat it. 
when you say the top three concert movies, you mean like box probably office? grossing? Yeah. Grossing. Oh, they're probably grossing the single digits of millions. Yeah. Probably not much. Yeah. This, this thing is going to smoke it. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, th this is going to be in multiples of 10, how much this will break records by. It, it's, it's not even going to be close. It's going to be something completely ridiculous, which is, is funny because I, I'm not even really aware of most of those being in theaters, but it was like this is it. I'm looking at on box office. Well, actually, this is it. Made 261 million worldwide. That was the Michael Jackson. What one. year was that? Oh nine. It was right after he passed away. Mm. Oh, okay. Well, that and this was and and they didn't. Have, he was about to do this live. I have no then, recollection of that 200 and how much million? 61 million. Wow. 72 domestic. Wow, what about that Justin Bieber oh, I one? I got it right here. What was it called? Never Say Never? Yeah. Right. That one worldwide was 99 million. Okay. Okay, so, well, it can compete with that for sure. Uh, I mean, well, it, and it's going to break the Michael Jackson one. It's, it, I mean, it's not going to break it opening weekend, but it's going to yeah. break 200 and something million. And what was the last one? Uh, Lonely what? Island, Never never Stop. Oh, never well, stopping. And Hannah Montana, Best Hannah of Montana. Both Worlds. Wait, what was the name of the Lonely Island movie again? Uh, never Stop. Never Never. Yeah, but that's the second part of the name of it. Uh, What's the actual pop, name? Pop, pop Star, Never Stop, Never Stopping. Yeah. By the way, if you have not seen that movie, super funny. Check it out. Okay, what's next? All right. Uh, Josh Titan writes, also The Holdovers is another big winner from TIFF. Yeah, Holdovers. Holdovers. Oh, that's the Paul Giamatti yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah, listen, I they showed us this presentation for Holdovers at CinemaCon back in April. And... It, I mean, it looked really interesting. I love Paul Giamatti. And it, it has a, a very much of a, what's the word? I'm, what's the movie I'm looking for here? What's the Matt Damon one? Finding. Not, not, not Finding Forrester, but the no, one yeah, that. The, find, the, the, uh, oh, I always God. say Finding Forrester. For now I know I drew a blank, but I know what you're talking the Robin about. Robin Williams one. Yeah, Robin Williams. and, and uh, Why am I freezing uh, on the name of it? Yeah, the one hunting. he won the Academy uh, Award for. Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting. Yeah. It it's kind of has like a Goodwill Hunting kind of a Goodwill Hunting um Dead Poets Society. It's got that kind mm -hmm. of a finding force or it's got that kind of feel to it. But I thought, oh no one's gonna see this. But this I love Paul Giamatti, but it's been getting varieties picking them to maybe get a best picture nomination. Um Paul Giamatti for this movie's on a lot of nominee lists for the upcoming Oscars. It's looking like it's, it's sounding like it's amazing. So uh, I'll look forward to checking it out. All right, what's next? Josh is back. Did you see the fantastic reviews for Poor Things is getting? 100% of Rotten Tomatoes. Sadly, weird people are complaining because the movie has sex in it. Who would be complaining? I mean, I, there's so many movies with sex in it. Oh, look, who cares if there are some people? What's there's the, going to be uh, people complaining about whatever you put in a movie. It's perfectly fine. Um, yeah, we were talking about that at the beginning of the show. Like, like it a lot of people are saying there are going to be Oscars one for this thing. And again, that surprised me because I think the trailer for it is dog shit. I think whoever made that trailer is ter made a terrible trailer. reviews too. That's pretty impressive. But yeah, and they are not just positive. They're outstanding. And, Whoa. and what's uh, crazy, I noticed that Equalizer 3 actually went up from 61, 62%. Now it's all the way up to 75%. Um, but yeah, as far as poor things, I mean... People are saying it's remarkable. Emma Stone could be getting an Academy Award for it, all this kind of stuff. So <sighs> there's going to be one person that's going to have to make it 99%. I just know it. Well, I mean, no movies for everybody, right? So, like this one has to be. So some, <laughs> no movies for everybody. <laughs> so somebody's not going to like, it, and that's perfectly fine. But I mean, and as far as because there's sex in it, I, look, I don't, I don't want to know how to break this to you. Maybe it's because she's dead or something. I don't know. I'm just guessing. I have no idea. But if you look around, every person you see represents one fuck, okay? I, I don't know how to break it to you. As we speak right now, people everywhere are having sex. It's something everybody does. I don't know why you got to be so tight-wadded about it. Just let it go. I mean, don't let children in to see these movies, absolutely. But it's for adults. If it's R-rated, who cares? All right, what's next? I was brought by a stork. Um <laughs> You calling my mama a liar? <laughs> uh, Orlando Orego writes, if Taylor Swift concert movie is a success, it is. Will studios start adding concerts movies? I don't see anyone besides Beyonce that can do it like Taylor. Uh, that's, a see, that's the problem, right? Yeah. Because I, 
I compared it before to the problem with Nintendo and the Super Mario Brothers movie and the problem with Mattel with the Barbie movie. Like everybody thinks, well, Mario's a big hit. Start making all the Nintendo games. But guys, there is no other Mario with Nintendo. There, there's, there's nothing else that Nintendo has that you can put out that has nearly the nostalgia factor and the amount of beloved feelings towards it and stuff like that as Mario. They only have one Mario. They have a couple of other popular things. Yes, I think Zelda is probably the next closest thing, but they don't have another Mario. Mattel does not have another Barbie. And the music world right now really doesn't have another Taylor Swift. I think you're right. I think the next closest possibility is Beyonce. But I'm not even sure Beyonce one does nearly this And well. I mean, yeah, I mean, there'll be other concert movies. There always are, but not... But the point but is, not is that events like this, not events like this, not where like they out of nowhere announced, announced a national wide release off and, of, and, and yeah. like all the tickets get sold to all the screenings. Yeah. I don't see another single music act out there that could do that. I, and I, I, I'm quite frankly shocked that even Taylor Swift has done it to be honest with you, but yeah, there's that. Maybe people are having PTSD from uh, the, trying to get the live tickets. They're like, Oh, we need to get these first, and they got them. You know? Like, let me put it this way: Beyonce's about to do some shows at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles, right? I think she's doing two or three. But I, I was listening to some commentary on Taylor Swift sold out five or six shows faster than Beyonce was able to sell out two or three. The Renaissance. That's just how big Taylor Swift is. It's now Beyonce. No offense to any Swifty fans out there, Beyonce's better. In, in my opinion. But even Beyonce's not as big as Taylor Swift is right now. Like, I, I'm sorry, but she's not. And nobody is right now at any rate. I'm not even sure. Bad Bunny's like one of the biggest, maybe the biggest musical artist globally. And all. I'm not sure that you put out a Bad Bunny concert movie right now. Let me put it this way. Nobody in music has as passionate a following as Taylor Swift does. Because she's better. Well, I, I wouldn't <laughs> say because she's better, right but there. I mean, I don't, and I, I'm not a Swifty, but you don't have to be a Swifty to, to just acknowledge what's right there in front of you. She has an unbelievably loyal, passionate fan base. Uh, I mean, Lady Gaga has a very passionate fan base as well, yeah. but it's not on the same level. By the way, by the way, get this in Las Vegas this coming weekend. This weekend in Las Vegas. Ann and I are going to Vegas this weekend. Uh -huh. But this weekend in Vegas, all in the same weekend, Adele, Lady Gaga, Ed Sheeran, and the Jonas Brothers all have concerts in Las Vegas this weekend alone. How crazy is that? It, it, Vegas truly is still the entertainment capital of the world. All right, what's next? John Redcorn writes, CM Punk was fired from AEW. Will he go back to USC? He can't. He can't fight. <laughs> you got to be able to go into a ring and fight and win to go back to the UFC. Hey, look, they gave him a shot. Yep. Um, and he's a tremendous athlete, but he was, he just got destroyed. I mean, he like, so no, he cannot go back to UFC. You got to be able to fight and he can't fight. It's got to be like a special like matchup and it won't be in the UFC. It'll probably be like in Bellator or something where. Oh no, not even Bellator. No, he, if it were, if he, it he simply like can't CM, go anywhere. If it was, if it was like CM Punk and like some other wrestler that actually had beef and they put him, that could be a selling something that sells. No. Like, like CM Punk versus Pauly Shore, maybe. But I mean, no, I mean he's not. Against he's not. A, he's just not a world class fighter that can the go weasel. in. I mean, he'd take me, but I'm not the standard, am I? No, they, uh, he can't go in there. And do obviously, it. he's going to OnlyFans. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that's right. CM Punk and who's his wife again? AJ AJ Lee. She was great, by the way. AJ Lee was not just stunningly beautiful. She was a tremendous wrestler. <laughs> but if CM Punk and AJ Lee do an OnlyFans. They could make a million dollars in six hours, probably. All right, what's next? Uh, we got Guzman who writes, minus one is actually Oppenheimer 2. Right after the bombs dropped, uh, Japan was destroyed. <laughs> they were at zero. Then Godzilla came and took them to minus one. That would be so funny if they actually try to promote it as the 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 spiritual sequel to Oppenheimer. Oh, okay, so they dropped that bomb, but what happened after that? 
They unleashed Godzilla. Oh no. I can uh, totally see them trying to trying to 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 um uh, abdicate with some of that buzz around Oppenheimer and get I'm in there. Going, with I'm not going there. I'm not touching that. <laughs> All right, what's next? Caleb Jacobs writes, now that I am older, I appreciate Mystery Men so much more now. I love the movie now, one of my favorite superhero movies of all time. It was a Mystery Men was a movie that was way ahead of its time. Way ahead of its time. It it really is one of my all-time favorite comedies. I love that movie. And it was it was a really smart deconstruction of the superhero genre before the superhero genre even really existed. It's so good. How'd your father die? He fell down an elevator shaft onto some bullets. Ah, yes, I heard about that. It sounds very suspicious to me. It's it's seriously one of the smartest, best movies ever. I love Mystery Men. All right, what's next? Uh, we got Wild Beast who writes, I think... Think if uh, WBD, Zaslav, and Gunn want to uh, make money, they should cast Taylor Swift in the DCU, Supergirl, Black Canary, etc., <laughs> and have her write, produce all original tracks for the soundtrack. Cha -ching. Uh, eh. I, I, I'm not so sure about that. Listen, one of the things we've seen in the entertainment medium a lot is that audiences don't necessarily migrate with the object of their fandom. Like somebody who's really super big in music, their fans don't necessarily come to see them act in a movie. Actually, Taylor Swift was just in that one horrible movie with Margot Robbie. Um, uh, uh, with Margot Robbie, oh. John David Washington, Christian Bale. Oh, um, and I'm forgetting Amsterdam? Amsterdam? Yeah, Amsterdam. I think, she, wasn't she in Amsterdam? I'm going to look that up. I think she was. Yeah, yeah she, she was. She was. Yeah, she was in Amsterdam, yeah, right? Yeah, she was. And nobody went to go see that movie. Just because Taylor Swift was in it didn't mean people were going to go see Taylor Swift want, Taylor Swift fans want Taylor Swift music. Uh, and so, now, she's going to try her hand at directing, which is great. Why not? But, I mean, I, I don't think if you suddenly announce that Taylor Swift's going to be in the movie, again, we've seen time after time after time, audiences don't migrate. You think they would, but they don't. What about a Barbie sequel with Taylor Swift as Margot Robbie's little sister? Nah. Duh. No. I'm not, and by the <laughs> way, I don't even know if Taylor Swift can act. I mean, so. Well, she just has to be a doll. There's that problem too. What like, doll do you know acts? All right, Barbie. next. Uh, Ohas uh, Godre writes, uh, have you watched the One Piece live action yet? Of course No, yet, no not. interest in it. All right, what's next? <sighs> I will, though. <laughs> yeah. Josh Ward, thoughts on the new Exorcist trailer? I'm afraid they're going to try to introduce an origin story to the demon. The original was terrifying, partially for its simplicity and lack of explanation. I don't think it was terrifying because they lacked an, uh, uh, an explanation. I think they it was terrifying despite not having... And actually, look, I, all I know is this. I'm not a big fan of, I admit, I'm not a huge fan of the Exorcist franchise. That being said, I personally think the trailers for the Exorcist have been really good. Um, you know, I'm not a huge horror aficionado by any stretch of the imagination, but I, I got to tell you, the trailers for this have made me interested in seeing it. And I don't give two shits about, well, how does it compare to the classic original? I don't care. I look at a movie and I judge it on its own merits. And I, I got to say, like, and again, this movie may be crap. It may be absolutely terrible. But the trailers have done their job for me. They've, they've got me interested in something that I otherwise would not have been interested in. So, well, you know, who knows? We'll see how it turns out. All right, what's next? Uh, Devin writes, we uh, might at this rate get more PG-13 having comedic body parts, i.e. Bart, Bart Sweener. I'm not sure what that I means. I have no idea what we're talking about. I'm guessing there's like another part to this, but we didn't. Oh, wait. Here's food for thought. Do any of you think the Taylor Swift concert movie is filling in shoes for films impacted by the strike? That wasn't part two, but it was still him. Um, well, here's the thing. There is no movies that would be coming out right now that have been impacted by the strike. Because, I mean, any movies that are coming out now have been done and in the can a long time ago, right? And we are seeing some movies getting moved that were a little bit later in the year, like Dune, but that wasn't supposed to be coming out for a few more months. What it is doing, though, is taking advantage of a window in the release schedule where you don't have a lot of big movies coming out anyway, right? So the films that have moved have been The Exorcist. We've got the new Hilary Swank movie, the new Meg Ryan movie. All those three movies got their way. But 
it's it's not really to do that. I think it's just taking advantage of a fairly soft spot in the schedule. And but I got, don't think it has anything to do with the strikes. And you got Killers of the Flower Moon October 20th, I think. 20, 20th or 26th? Yeah, but that's after, right? That's after... Uh, Oh, right. But I'm just saying for the month of October, there's still yeah. some releases there. I See, here's what I think. I think, and I could be wrong about this, but I think more than most regular movies, I think this Taylor Swift theatrical release thing is going to make more than normal the vast majority of its money in its opening few days. Like, I don't know that I see... I thought about this because I, I think this might be a little bit of a switch of position for me, but I thought about it more... I don't know that a lot of the, the Swift fans are going to go back to see it like four or five times. You know what I mean? It is a two and a half hour thing. I, I don't think they're going to go back to watch it four or five times in movie theater, like did, like a regular movie. Did percent. they announce how long it will be in theaters? Because if they said two weeks, I think no, they no, go it, every day they can. It'll be there as long as it keeps making oh, okay. money. Yeah. So I, I don't think there, I don't think other movies are going to need to worry about that movie once it's already opened. So it'll still make some money. But, you know, we'll see. I don't know. I don't know. This we'll is see how this is a totally unprecedented situation that we've never had before. So we'll see how it kind of works out. Yeah. All right. What's next? Jasmine Jones writes, I rewatched The Duff with Robbie Amell and Mae Whitman. Good movie. Also, it's one of the few movies in a while that would show bloopers. Uh, do you guys miss watching bloopers at the end of the movies? I do. I'm not going to lie. I kind of do. Last one I remember was Anchorman doing that. Anchorman 2, I think. Yeah, that was like actually that. pretty good, or, or like they actually had like a it was like during the end credits. Reel. Yeah. During the end credits. Yeah. Sometimes the bloopers, like, it's just like two or three scenes, like they'll show like right before the credit. It's I want a like a two minute, three minute of just snippets of everything. I I really like those. I really do. Um, I mean it would be hard for to do a, like for a movie like Killers of the Flower Moon. <laughs> like that, that oh, you're probably not. <laughs> but I mean I re I remember Pixar films started to oh, do yeah. started to make they did looper, that with Monsters fake Inc. ones right just because that was the yeah, thing that, at the time. yeah 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 Monsters Inc. Monsters Inc. Really, did that you know that what I think really help me out here Jonathan because I might be wrong about this I think the first movie that ever did that might have been Cannonball Run oh man you know what with Don DeLuise and all that yeah that's I think that might be the first possible. movie to do like I, obviously that was a bit before my time but I mean I remember watching the movie on home video afterwards and them having the bloopers in the credits. And I don't think I ever recall. Oh, it, you were really close. It almost like that. It was Smokey and the Bandit. Okay. You know what? Maybe it was Smokey and the Bandit I was thinking of instead of Cannonball Run. But, but yeah, I, I don't recall ever seeing a movie made before that, that actually had bloopers integrated into the, the credits. I do miss those. I think those are great. Rush Hour was pretty good too. The Rush, Rush Hour. Yeah. Bloopers. You felt to fish. The rush hour ones was pretty good too. All right, what's next? Okay, we got uh, Sam Fisher. We were talking about movies we never saw in theaters. The first time I ever saw Godfather was when they re-released it in March of 22 for the 50th anniversary. You know, it's funny because during the pandemic, uh, when that was going on, a lot of people took advantage of that by going back and watching some big all-time great cinema that they'd never seen before. And the two that we had people write in the most to say, I had never seen X, and I did now during uh, the pandemic, was the Lord of the Rings films. A bunch of people had never seen the Lord of the Rings films and went back to watch it. I, I keep forgetting how old those films are now, but they went and watched that, and Godfather was the other one. Those are the two biggest ones. Uh, the biggest thing for me that I got caught up on during the pandemic was um, Avatar The Last Airbender. That was the the one I I'd never watched Avatar: The Last Airbender before the pandemic. Took advantage of the pandemic, you know, being quarantined at home. Watched that. That was my big one. All right, we haven't done Mint Mobile yet, have we? No. no. Well, guys, we're gonna take one more break here and thank the other sponsor of today's episode of Open Mic, my mobile service provider, and they absolutely should be yours, our friends at Mint Mobile. Guys, we want to take a second to thank a sponsor of today's video. Mint Mobile. Signing your life away to a big wireless provider is kind of like being trapped on a roller coaster from hell. Sure, it looks like fun at first. They probably even threw in a free phone. But now you can't get off. Month after month of insane bills and unexpected thrills. Like overages and surprise fees. If that sounds like your current big wireless plan, it's time to get off the ride with Mint Mobile. For a limited time, wireless plans from Mint Mobile are just $15 a month. That's unlimited talk, text, and data for just 15 bucks a month. You guys know before I I came to Mint Mobile, I was paying 
triple what I am paying now on the standard big wireless plan, and I will never go back. All plans come with unlimited talk, text, and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get your new unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped right to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash campia. That's mintmobile.com slash campia. Cut your wireless bill to just 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash campia. And thank you to our friends at Mint Mobile for sponsoring this episode of Open Mic. All right, with that down, guys, let's get to the rest of your questions here, shall we? Jonathan, what we got up next? Joe Adonis writes, hi, John, John and Ray. Um, with that Taylor Swift sold out five-day concert at SoFi at an e average of 500 per ticket, it grossed her $160 million, and that's on the low estimate. Billion-dollar era concert? Well, I mean, they're already saying her tour is going to net her over $2 billion, which destroys all previous world tour so records. So net? So we're talking after expenses and everything? Yeah, something wow. like that. They said, I think it was Variety saying it's going to be over $2 billion. Wow. Um, it is it is by far the biggest concert tour in the history of music tours. Um, it, it's just, it's mind-boggling. It's absolutely mind-boggling. But uh, And how fast they sold out SoFi Stadium five nights at the prices of those tickets. Like by the time Anne took a look to find tickets, she was looking up in the upper deck nosebleeds and the cheapest thing she could find was close to a thousand dollars in the upper deck nosebleeds. Jeez. And it didn't stop anybody from going again. Comparatively, when we looked at tickets for the Beyonce show there, not only did it not sell as fast, but you could get tickets for almost half the price of what we could have got them, of what we would have needed to spend to go to the Taylor Swift concerts. It's it's just not, and The weekend, good Canadian kid, The weekend recently played SoFi, but you could get tickets there for a quarter of what you'd have to pay to get the Taylor Swift ones. I mean, it was pretty crazy. Anyway, all right, what's next? Uh... Buck's Basement writes, John, you should give No, one. <laughs> no, I, I don't need to give one piece a try. It's not for me. Not everything is for everybody. I don't know why everyone is like insisting yeah, on this. Guys, not everything's for everybody. And that's great. People who enjoy One Piece are going to watch it and love it. And I think that's awesome. But I got too many things that I am interested in that I'm still trying to desperately get caught up on. One Piece just isn't for me. That's all. All right. And there's nothing wrong with that. All right. What's next? Mojo Dojo Casa House that Ken built writes, ah, uh, Swift makes her dating or date signs and NDA, NDA yes. Uh, I'm doing I'm doing that. What <laughs> happens in the Mojo Dojo Casa House stays in the Mojo Dojo Casa yeah, House. Yeah, actually, listen. So Rob was talking about how like he really respects Taylor Swift's business acumen. And there's and there's no doubting that whether you like her music or not, there's no doubting the way she's handled and conducted her business is crazy good. But one of the things that we recently learned was that if you're to go on a date with Taylor Swift, you got to sign an NDA. Mm -hmm. And it's one thing to promise I'll never talk about. It's another thing to say, if you do ever open your lips, you're going to get sued for $50 million. Um, probably one of the smartest things any celebrity has ever done. And you know what? I, I guarantee you, there are probably many other celebrities who do yep, this as well. I guarantee you there are. Yeah, probably many other, many, many, many other celebrities say, okay, we're going to go on a date, whether you're a celebrity or not, you got to sign an NDA because I, I just got to protect my career. I got to protect my image. I got to protect my career and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, very, very smart on her part. We should all do that actually. All right, what's next? Uh, Dan's Productions, The weekend is bigger than Taylor Swift right now. No, no. You're, 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 you are just objectively, factually, statistically very, very, very wrong about that. I like The weekend more. I think he's better. Good Canadian kid, by the way. A lot of people, I'm still surprised how people don't realize The weekend is Canadian. He is very, you know, the Maple Leaf flag-wearing Canadian, my friends, but he is nowhere near as big as Taylor Swift. He's just not. All right, what's next? King Daddy Goat says, Babyzilla dies, hence the name Godzilla Minus One. If that's true, maybe that has to do with what they say in the trailer. Well, because the one guy says in the trailer, the monster will never forgive us. Yep. For what exactly? Oh, maybe they did boy. kill a little baby Godzilla. Oh, boy. Maybe. And it's over. It's over. It's over. All right, it's what's next? The whole place. Uh, actors Real to Real. Hey, John, did you watch Lioness yet? No, but I am 
dying to watch it. Uh, Ann and I were actually just this morning, uh, we were talking this morning about, we got to start watching Linus. We still have to watch the final two episodes of this season of what we do in the shadows. Uh, and, oh, we got to watch the new episode of, uh, still haven't watched the latest episode of uh, uh, Winning, Winning Time. Time. But after we get those things caught up, I think the next thing we're going to start watching is Linus. Actually, my buddy just texted me the other day, said they just aired the finale. I think it's one of the best things that's been on TV in years. So I'm super excited for it. Another Taylor Sheridan show, same guy who does Yellowstone and, and uh, Mayor of Kingstown and... Uh, uh, King of Tulsa and all that kind of stuff. Super excited to see it. Cannot wait. Zoe Saldana looks great in it. Dying to watch it. All right, what's next? Final one is just Devin. Uh, he's just re- he was just clarifying Bart Stare in the Simpsons movie per film nudity. So it was like a running gag in the Simpsons movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember they they didn't in the in the uh, Simpsons movie, didn't they have him like naked? He was like hanging onto something and he <laughs> landed against a restaurant wall and one of the characters in the restaurant was holding up a hot dog bun or something yeah. that was hiding it. Yeah. I remember that. I remember that. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was pretty funny. And That's I think funny. it was Flanders was in the restaurant with his kids. Or something. <laughs> oh, it's like, look away or something like that. I remember that now. <laughs> all right, guys. With that all down, that'll do it. For today's installment of Open Mic, thank you so much for being here and making this show part of your day. Big special thank you to all you guys who sent in those tip questions and used Super Chat. Number one, because you gave us fun things to talk about. But number two, you supported this channel as you did. Did it and all of us involved here thank you guys so much for your support so guys just in general thanks a lot for just hanging out and chatting with us here today so for everybody in the room ray aura see you later uh, which of course you can find on onlyfans.com slash chef pleasures uh, right beside him is jonathan poico see you guys my name is john campia and until next time my friends bye-bye